focus on verse 2 of 1 Peter 4, I want us to ask the question what we can see about living the will of God by the way he contrasts, the way Peter contrasts the, the phrase will of God with something that isn't quite parallel with will of God, but surprising, or maybe not surprising, depending on what your expectations are. But to me, it's provocative, and that's going to be the source of a very, very important insight. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, and this is the part we're going to focus on, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions or literally desires of men, but for the will of God. Father, we very much want to do the will of God. We want to do the will of God with our minds and our hearts and our hands. And we, we don't want to, to live according to human passions, what, whatever that negative thing is. So grant us to understand what good passions would be if they're not human passions. That's, that's all we know. So this, we need your help on this, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, that's a little review. We've already looked at verse 1. Since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. So there's a way of thinking that becomes an armor. And in arming us with this way of thinking, we cease from sin and now, that life of ceasing from sin, I think, has a purpose or a further elucidation so as to, and here's what that life looks like, live for the rest of the time in the flesh, for the rest of the time in the flesh. Let's pause right there just to clarify. Often, the phrase, in the flesh, is very negative in the Bible. Like it, it's almost the same as acting in sin when you act in the flesh, but not always, which is a lesson in how you need to attend to the context when you see a phrase and not just assume that because this is used negatively, some places it's used negatively here. For example, look at the analogy in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. So here, living in the flesh is not negative at all. It just means in the body. And so when we come back here, don't, don't assume that uh, the rest of the time in the flesh has any negative connotation here. It just means while you have life in your body, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh. Now, here comes the big issue. No longer 
for human passions, but for the will of God. Human passions contrasted with will of God. Literally, desires of men, which is a nice parallel to will of God. Now, my question is, what does human mean here? Or, more specifically, if a passion or a desire is human, what does that mean? Because clearly it's bad here. It's negative, right? We're supposed to exchange will of God somehow for human passions. And, and you could hear in my prayer, my frustration at saying, but Lord, surely desires are good and important. I mean, look at chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you. So we're supposed to hope fully, which means have strong desires with confidence that this revelation of Jesus is going to bring us grace. Or chapter 4, verse 13. Rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. These are strong desires for the glory of God, the glory of Jesus to show up. So if, if you go back here and say human passions means any passion or any desire that a human has, then we're left with nothing. We're just blank. <laughs> Clearly, it doesn't mean that. And so these passions of humans or desires of men doesn't mean, here are the two meanings I can think of. One would be um, desires that humans have. And the other would be desires. Now here you get a you got to ask, okay, what, what would be a um, uniformly bad desire? Desires that uh, root or originate in man, not, not, and here's the key, not God, not the Holy Spirit. So these are merely, merely human desires. They come out of us in our depravity, in our fallenness, our sin, and they don't have any reference to God, and they are therefore human in a negative sense. Not just human because humans feel them, but because humans originate them without any conformity to the will of God. So... If, if that's the case, then what we are to somehow replace this with is the will of God, which doesn't mean then the will of God is somehow an alternative to what humans can feel. <laughs> no, we can feel something that is in perfect conformity to the will of God, wonderful conformity to the will of God. What we're supposed to be done with is desires that are not conformed to the will of God, not rooted in the will of God. 
Now, this is crucial, it seems to me, and it comes by pausing. And so the lesson I'm suggesting we learn from this is that whenever you see a, a not but, no longer but, or not but, you, you don't quickly just say, okay, don't do that, do that, or don't have that, have that. You've got to stop. You gotta, if you're leading a small group or preaching or just pondering for your own soul, you've got to stop and say, okay, how is this kind of phrase, passion versus will, human versus God, how does it really work? And then you analyze, well, some human passions we know from elsewhere in First Peter are not contrary to the will of God. They're simply desires that humans have. And so some passions, which are human in that they don't have any rootage in the will of God, any conformity to the will of God, and therefore they ought to be, to be governed by the will of God of God. So, don't walk away from a text like this, a text like this, thinking, well, I guess I just have to figure out what the will of God is, and then not have any strong feelings about it, but just do it. That would be so contrary. And I grew up hearing sermons in which I heard so many times pastors say, don't do what you want to do. Do what God wills you to do. And it, it never felt right to me because I thought, isn't there a third way, namely, that my, my passions would be so changed by God, by this, this way of thinking back here because of what Christ suffered for me, that my passions be, be, could be conformed to the will of God? That's what I'm asking you to seriously consider. And every time you see a not but, to go there and ponder that kind of possible distinction.